Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Glory to God. Well, if you have your Bibles, open it with me to Luke chapter 2. And for those who didn't bring their Bible, I'm sure the scriptures are going to be on the screen behind us. Try to make it very convenient for everybody. Now, for those who read out of electronic things, your phones and things like that, well, that's all right, but just don't be going back and forth between the game and the scripture, all right? Let's focus on what God's going to say today. Amen. Glory to God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, God, for the reading of your word. We ask that the Holy Spirit of God would give life to this word and bring it to a meaningful purpose for our own lives. And Lord, we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Luke chapter 2 is talking about the Christmas story here in verse 1. And it came to pass. Aren't you glad that it came to pass? Now, I love Christmas. I love this particular play that we have. And yes, you know, when people start talking about, you know, as soon as Halloween's over, they get the Christmas things out. But they're playing our songs. You know, they're playing songs about Jesus. You know, what an opportunity for the secular world to proclaim the name above all names, the King of Kings. His name is Jesus. Can I hear an amen in this house? Isn't that wonderful? I know there's some commercialism that goes with it. But, you know, when we sit down with our family and have that Christmas dinner, and we look at each other eye to eye. We need to be thankful that we can get together in a nation that stops and celebrates the birth of Jesus. That's the most wonderful thing we can be thankful for, thankful for our family, thankful for any type of meal that we're going to be able to receive during this time. So it came to pass, and in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augusta that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone in his own city. So Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away uh, from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, 
which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning the child. And all those who heard of it marveled that those things were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard, seen, and was told to them. And you have to understand, this was quite a sight. They're out in the fields, they're watching their flock, and all of a sudden these angels came. Now, fortunately for me, not everybody's experienced this, but I've had a visitation from an angel. And it was, it was late in the morning, and I felt this tap on my shoulder, and when I did, I rolled over, and there was this bean in my room. Now, we had eight-foot ceilings. This was when we lived in Texas, and we had eight-foot ceilings in our house, and theirs was this bean. I mean, he was huge. I mean, his thighs were twice as big as mine. One thigh was twice as big as mine. His shoulders were twice as wide as mine. And he was ducked under our eight-foot ceiling. And so immediately, being a man of faith and power, I ducked my head under the covers and I turned away from him. It frightened me. Because I wasn't expecting this. And you have to understand, I'm an engineer, and I come from the scientific uh, uh, background, and I begin to look, where is this light coming from that's showing the silhouette? Surely this is not happening. But we didn't have any windows in our bedroom at that time. And so it was all covered up. It was all black. Couldn't come from any natural light. No lights were turned on. And I heard the angel say to me, don't be afraid. Isn't that what he said to the don't be afraid. Well, I mean, I tell you what, when you see someone twice as big as you are and they show up in your house with all the doors locked, it might startle you too. And so, I, so he gave me this message and, and uh, uh, spoke to me about what God wanted me to do for that particular season in my life. And uh, I mean, it was, it was early in the morning. I got up and, and I turned the shower on as hot as I could because I was full of chill bumps. I'm telling you, I had chill bumps from, I mean, they were all over me. And I got in a hot shower and I still had chill bumps because I had a visitation from of the presence of, of God's holy throne. And it startled me. And so these guys were startled. And then the message was, there was a child born in a manger. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That was not the norm. Kids were not born in barns. You say, well, that was way back then, you know, there wasn't any modern medicine or anything. It was a lot more modern than being barn, born, barn in a barn, born in a barn, <laughs> wrapped up and put in a manger. Do you know what a manger is? That's a stall where the animals ate out of. This was not normal. This was very abnormal. And so this was a sign to those shepherds to say, hey, the child is going to be wrapped up in a manger. And they said, we got to see this. We've never seen this. When women are born, we don't ever see them born in a barn. I mean, when children are born, we don't ever see them born in a barn. Let's go see this. This has got to be amazing. And sure enough, God revealed himself in this particular uh, incident. Well, one of the things that they said to the, uh, to the shepherds was, on earth, peace and goodwill. Say goodwill. It is God's plan for you to experience goodwill on this earth. You know, Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If Jesus taught us to pray that way, don't you think he's expecting to answer that prayer? This is why Jesus came, was to unite heaven to earth so that we could walk in that place of heavenly places here on earth. Yeah, but pastor, what, what about all the, 
uh, of the trauma? What about all the tribulation? What about all the upheaval that's going on in the world today? You know, the Bible says that if you will keep your mind on him, perfect peace will I give those who keep their mind upon the Lord. And that's the key, not to let what's going on in the world bother you. Jesus said this in John 16. He said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. And in the world, you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. When Jesus was asked about the time, the concerning of his return, he said, there'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be famines. There'll be earthquakes. There'll be volcanoes. There'll be all kinds of trials and tribulations going on. But the, the, near is, uh, the, the end is near, but has not yet come. And don't be dismayed. Don't let these things bother you. Well, how do we do this? First of all, know that he is the Prince of Peace. He came to bring goodwill. The Hebrew word for the word goodwill is delight. God wants you to enjoy life. Psalms 91 says, with long life will I satisfy thee. That sounds like enjoying life to me. I like to enjoy life. I like it when things go well for me. Well, I expect things to go well for me because I'm God's favorite. Isn't that right? Favorite God's on my life. God's going to do it for anybody. He's going to do it for me. But you know what? That should be your attitude too. Why? Because when it says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe upon him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And then he went on to say in John 17, 3, This is everlasting life to know the one and true God and his son Jesus who sent him. In other words, he came so that you can know and walk with God. How many of you know that when you're walking with God, you can walk in peace? How many of you know if God be for you, there is nobody who can be against you? How many of you know that God's hand upon your life means that the hand of the enemy can't touch you? You know, when I was growing up, you know, we grew up uh, in several different places. But one of the places we grew up was in East St. Louis. And when I was a little boy, we'd get this phone call. And we had those old rotary, call, uh, rotary phones, you know. And uh, how many of you have never seen a rotary phone? Anybody never seen it? All right, there's a few of you. All right. Tells you how young you are and how old I am. But anyway, and so we get a phone call, and, and we're going to have a soccer game out in the common field there of our subdivision. Well, we knew it wasn't going to be a soccer field or a soccer game. We knew it was going to be, an, you know, a, a brawl. I mean, our street had our folks on it. Their street had their folks on it. And we had an arch rival against them. So in the name of soccer, we always had fist fights. And I had an older brother. My old brother, he was cruel to me. He said, look, he said, if you ever back away from a fight, I'm going to whoop you. Now, he's six years older than me. Now, that's a lot. That's a, that's a big age span when you're a little kid, you know. And he said, if you ever lose a fight, I'm going to whoop you. So, I mean, you know, listen, I had to win, you know. And they'd throw us in the circle, and we'd fight, you know. And, and uh, so, anyway, uh, we did this. But one time, this guy was irritating me, and I just hauled off. I mean, he was my brother's age. I just hauled off and just cold cocked him. And he was just about ready to manhandle me. And I, I looked, and I said, there's my brother right there. He just backed off because my brother was a tough guy. They didn't mess with my brother. Well, that's like walking with God, you know. I mean, I walk with God, and nobody's going to mess with me. Come on, somebody. Can you see yourself walking with God and the enemy coming and saying, nope, I can't mess with you. You're too close to God. 
That's the whole purpose that Jesus came, so that you can walk with him, that you can know him, so that you can walk in that protection, and that you can experience his peace. So goodwill means delight, satisfaction. It means good pleasure. It means goodwill. It means to bring to pass good things and the desire. Well, the word peace here is even a greater word. And I'm going to, I'm going to use a definition that Rick Renner shared uh, uh, from his, his studies. And he's a tremendous scholar in, in the Greek language. So the word peace is from a Greek word that pictures a, a cessation of conflict or a ceasing of conflict. A time of rebuilding and prosperity. Distractions removed. And a rule of over in the midst of potential chaos. In other words, being in charge when everything else is falling apart. It speaks of calm and inner stability that results in the ability to conduct oneself peacefully, even in the midst of circumstances that would normally be traumatic or upsetting. And the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And this gives us the idea of being whole and complete. See, you're whole and complete in God. And that's the key right there. You know, and I was thinking about what Vicki was saying. You know, she said, well, you know, when you've accepted Christ, your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. You're going to have eternity with God. You know, I don't have to sweat. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to be concerned about what would happen if someone killed me or if I got killed. You know, hey, listen, my wife won't let me go, but heaven's a lot better place than it is here on this earth. And if I left prematurely, she said she's going to call me back from the dead. So anyway, I don't have a choice. <laughs> Amen? But, you know, it's a win-win situation. Yeah. I'm at perfect peace because I know if something were to happen to me, if this life just all of a sudden just stopped, I know that my spirit would be in the presence of God. Because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so this is the whole purpose that Jesus came so that you can be reunited back to God. This is the whole purpose. What a peace. What a peace. I mean, I mean, if you could literally picture yourself walking with God, would you be upset about anything? If you knew that God had all the answers, God, what about that war? And he told you, I've got it taken care of. It's not going to bother you. It's not going to affect you. God, what about the economy? I've already got that taken care of. It's not going to bother you. God, what about, what, what about uh, uh, what's, what's going on in my city? Well, I'm going to, what about that riot over there? I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. God, what about my family? I'm going to take care of you. God, what about, I'm, I've already gotten taken care of. That's why the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, cast all your cares on him for he cares for you, which means that he's already taken care of it. Can you believe that? Can you receive that? That's the peace that you can have. Nothing missing, nothing broken, shalom. I love it when Jewish people say, shalom, Pastor Tom, shalom, Tom. You know what they're speaking over me? Be whole, be complete. Well, God made me complete, and that's his peace that's making me complete. You know, one of the greetings of the Jewish people when they see you and when they depart, shalom. You know, get off the phone with my Jewish friends, shalom, shalom. Praise God, I That's like saying, I bless you with the fullness of God. Amen. You know, we ought to practice that a little bit ourselves. Shalom. Tell your neighbor, shalom. shalom. Be complete. Be full. It's the idea of wholeness, completeness, tranquility in the soul that is unaffected by outward circumstances or pressures. I have to tell this story, and I really want us to get hold of this because it's true for us. 
But when I was in Israel, we were on the Golan Heights there. Our tour guide was telling us about this incredible war that Israel won. And I went up to him and I said, you know, that's so incredible. That's so uh, amazing. He said, what do you expect, Tom? We're Jews. And turned around and walked away. And I thought, well, that's awful confident. And the Lord spoke to me. How many of you want to know what he said? Come back next Sunday, I'll tell you. No, just kidding. He said this to me. He said, that's the kind of confidence you need to have in the Lord. You're God's chosen people. You're grafted in through Christ. You're just as chosen as the Jewish people are. You're the apple of his eye. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you're the apple of God's eye. God wants the best for you. If God wants the best for you, who cares what's going on in the world? Amen? The world can't even compete to what God can give you. And there's nothing like, nothing greater than as the play was demonstrated, than having a peace in the midst of maybe a commercialized Christmas. There's nothing greater than having this peace. In fact, I encourage you, you know, you are a witness. The Bible says you're a, you're, you're a salt to the earth, a light to the world. Salt means preservative. It's there to bring healing. You're a light. Wherever you go, you're a testimony of the goodness of God. So don't let what goes on in the world stop you from being who God's called you to be. But go on out and just share and, and, and demonstrate and be a witness of that peace and the love of God. So I believe what Jesus said. There'll be trials and tribulations. And I believe that in 2024, we'll have some challenging things to walk through. You know, just like we did in 2023. But you know, the Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. It goes on and says, I'm more than a conqueror in this life. So that means I can conquer those things. You know, I think about sometimes when I'm flying, you know, and the pilot gets on and says, hey, tighten up your seatbelts or put your seatbelts on. There's going to be some turbulence. Well, let me tell you, on any trip that you go on to, there might be some turbulence. It might happen, but you'll get through it. That plane's designed to get through that turbulence. You're going to get on. It might be a little rough getting on the other side, but maintain your seat. Come on, somebody. The pilot says, don't get out of your seat right now. Maintain being seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's the key. Stay in your place with God. Stay in faith. Keep trusting in God. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. You know, the best word for the word dismayed is don't be distracted by the things that are around you. Don't let the things in the world distract you. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Be not dismayed, for I'm with you. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Refuse to allow the things that are going on in this world to distract you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the word of God says in Matthew 6, 33, And all of these things shall be added unto you. Secondly, stay in peace. Stay, you know, you can choose to stay in peace. How do I stay in peace? Well, first of all, my wife said it earlier, Isaiah 26, 3, says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts you. Because he puts your trust, Psalms 91 says, because you put your trust in the Lord, you will call upon him and he will answer you. And he's not going to answer you with bad things. He's going to answer you with good things. Well, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true and whatever things are noble, whatever things are just and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely 
and whatever things are of a good report. If there's any virtue, virtue means if it empowers you. If there's anything worthy of praise, meditate on these things. See, what you predominantly think about, you're going to talk about. Thank you for that thunderous amen. But whatever you predominantly think about, woe is me, this is bad, this is... No, it's all good. Amen? Because God's good. And I'm in God and God's in me. I'm with him and he's with me. Glory to God. I have nothing to fear. Meditate on those things which are worthy to be praised, those things which are good to talk about. These things which you learn and receive and saw in me, in other words, Paul said, the word of God that I taught you, these do and the God of peace will be with you. See, you can walk in peace in the midst of a storm. The Message Bible says it like this. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you all be, do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. If you put these things in practice, what you've learned from me and what you've heard and saw and realized, do that and God will make everything work together and will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Wow, that's pretty good, isn't it? The other thing I would say is this, so goodwill, peace and goodwill to all men. You know the Bible tells us you reap what you sow. What an opportunity to sow goodwill. You know, I was standing in the line. I had one thing, and somebody in front of me or behind me had one thing. I said, would you like to go in front of me? Maybe they were in a hurry. I wasn't in a hurry. I didn't have anywhere to go. You know, and, you know, sure enough, it was one of those lines that my wife wished I wouldn't have picked because we stood and stood. She wasn't with me, but we stood and 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 stood. But I got to share the goodness of God. I made a connection with somebody while I was standing there just by showing goodwill. You would never know how far goodwill will go. I read an article where a lady had a knock on her door, and she said this lady came and blessed her financially. She said, what is this all about? She said, well, I'm a millionaire. She said, but when I was on the street, you gave me $30. Think about it. You never know the life you're going to change by showing goodwill. Goodwill to all. You say, well, they don't deserve it. Well, let God be the judge of that. Right. Amen? Maybe your good will turn it around where they will deserve it someday. Maybe they'll take the goodwill that you gave and gave it to, give it to somebody else. So acts of kindness, and you'll reap acts of kindness. Galatians 6, 7 says, whatever a man soweth, he shall reap. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Well, if you're taking notes, point number four is be unmoved, knowing that Jesus said that the end is not yet. These things will come to pass, but the end is not yet. And they who endure to the end shall see the salvation of the Lord. So just don't quit. Just keep on pressing in. Keep on trusting God. Keep on not being unmoved. Stay seated where you're at. Keep on following after God. And the last thing is pray for Israel. The Bible says pray for the peace of Jerusalem. You know, it's so important that we pray for Israel and our Jewish friends. Why? Number one, our Messiah is Jewish. Number two, the Bible is written by, by Jews, every, every book except for two books. Why should we pray for the Jewish people? Because the Bible tells us that in Christ we're grafted in. We're God's chosen people just like they are. We're a part of that. And we need to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and the peace of Israel like never before. It is the only nation 
that the Bible talks about that God prophesied over so that it can be a light to the world. What does that mean? In other words, God said this. Now, yes, there are some other nations that have some prophecies over them, but Israel is the one that God has chosen to reveal who he is to the world. And so when people come against Israel, basically they're coming against God. I don't know if we should pray for, for Israel or the people who are coming against them, you know, in all reality, but pray for Israel because, you know, God is going to do what he says he's going to do in that land of the chosen people. So how do we get peace? Number one, stay in faith. Number two, don't be moved. Just stay where you're at. Keep on trusting God. Keep on believing the word of God. The Bible says in Joshua 1, 8, they that meditate upon, and it says in Joshua 1, 8, the law, but you know the word is the same thing for us. They that meditate upon the law day and night shall make thy way prosperous. In other words, God's going to make a way for you. Why? Because there's no man and there's no government and there's no devil that can stop God's plan for your life. Amen. If God be for you, who can be against you? Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember... You are God's best.